A few months ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Patricio González Vivo. What was supposed to be a quick 20-minute chat stretched into an hour-long discussion that I'm excited to finally be sharing here. The following is an abridged edit of our conversation. I've rearranged bits and pieces for clarity and continuity's sake. Hopefully, you'll enjoy learning more about Patricio through mostly his own words and a few of my own too. Ah. Let's get to it. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Patricio González Vivo. I'm an artist. I work with code. Um, yeah, I like shaders. I like Raspberry Vice. I like to tinker with stuff and yeah. That's pretty much me. <laughs> if you've ever tried writing shaders, chances are you've come across this man's work. The Book of Shaders and the Pixel Spirit deck are some of the most thorough and inviting efforts I've seen to date at distilling the maths involved in making shader magic happen. There are a few resources out there, certainly more and more as time goes by, but nothing quite stacks up in comparison, despite the book remaining unfinished. I'll come back to that. First, a nod to Jen Lowe, Patricio's partner and co-author of The Book of Shaders. I had a job that allows me to be very public with the work and like, kind of like put uh, time into like open source endeavors. Um, and I was very stressed out by the, the like, prospect of having a child. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, full of uncertainty. <laughs> um, and, um, not, and had this idea of like uh, wanting to do a... a a book uh, with shaders. Actually, the first idea was to make, um, I kind of do this often, of like collide a lot of ideas together. So the original one was to make the book of transformations, the I Ching, um, with shaders and like, and kind of like a one-off projects, like the um, one a day, kind of like, and grabbing one shader and, trans- and through the pages, kind of like, Evolving the same code and like and teaching through it how to um, make uh, how to co shaders, kind of like what the cards became later. Um, but I have it all clustering into a book and like also an art piece and all that. And my wife says like you you should do only one thing. <laughs> um, so I started writing the book and I'm from Argentina and the way that I speak is way more convoluted and kind of baroque. Uh, I go in tangents, um, so she immediately uh, started helping me to edit it and actually make something that is readable and enjoyable. Um, um, so uh, we have this process of like writing through a, a chapter and then I, I present it to her and she will be like, this is too many, too many lines, too many lines, make this into one line and, um, and we, we collaborate in that. It may surprise you, as it did me, especially given the very math-heavy nature of shaders, to know that Patricio claims no natural ease with numbers. He just gets by, he says. We all have the option of learning things in any way we like, but the more I speak to people like Patricio, the more I understand that one version of this game, maybe the most illuminating, is based on creating spaces inside which to just play. This develops our instincts about the more technical parts of how things work. My wife will say that she's always impressed on like the on the intuitive feelings that I have about maths. Um, 
I think I think what is wonderful about our scene is that you have this you enter into these like visual feedbacks. So it allows you right away to like start like changing things and seeing how it reacts. So I, I think over the years uh, with uh, yeah with math um, I kind of developed like a more intuitive. So I have my own explanations on how things work and like and kind of like visceral feelings. Mm-hmm. I try to put that some of that on the the book of shaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the idea of like fast with things and like and and with time is is it's like kitchen um you you get how like a sine wave feels like and and how like when you are using exponents how they, they how they look like so you you get more like intuitive um, understanding of things then they're like objectively hard issues like matrices and quaternions but my recommendation is not to be not to be um not to be afraid i think no, nobody feels comfortable I feel if you you're learning a new language and uh, you go to another country and, and you try to speak their language and there's this like painful moment where you you want to say something and you cannot do it. But there, in the other side, there's there's the painfulness of like seeing somebody else like trying to struggle with a moment. You know that there is nothing bad with that because nobody sh- is fluent in a language that that is new um, and everybody wants to like help. And also, uh, with practice, you, you develop also your own ways of doing. So most of my math is sometimes it's very over-convoluted and like simplistic. Um, and there's a lot of uh, honor there. Uh, so, yeah, definitely not feeling ashamed of, of, of the way that you find that your things work for you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good way of like breaking the, the fear of it. We have this phrase in, in, in Argentina. Um, circles of saliva. So there's this um, there's these frogs that kills uh, um, uh, snakes. You say like how a frog will kill a snake. So they have like a toxic saliva, and what they do is they surround the snake around it, and the snake cannot cross the the, the saliva thing that they make in the in the in the floor yeah. the, the the marks, and um, the, eventually, the snake dies of starvation. Uh, yeah, it's not a happy story, but there's a lot of times that we we got trapped in the saliva circles, um, which are mostly about being proud of how smart you are and all that. So, so being very open of, of how much you, you know and like be very comfortable because, especially if you come from another field, you you know that other language. Um, and I think, and in my experience, not, now that I work very close to engineers and my, my daily life is working with engineers, um, there's a lot of respect from the other side for all these other things, uh, all, all this other richness com- that comes from other places. Just no, actually, my, my wife is the one that knows about math. Yeah, she, she actually has a math degree and um, yeah, I'm... I'm just trying to get by. Yeah, yeah I, my background is in psych- uh, psychology. I started computer science. I did only six months of it. Well, when I realized that um, the only class that I was enjoying was philosophy, I was like, I think I, I'm making a mistake. Um, so I dropped uh, uh, computer in- engineering and, um, and joined psychology, which was a, a huge win. Patricio had spent years attending an all-boys Catholic school before jumping into engineering. 
after being surrounded mainly by boys and men for so long, making the switch to clinical psychology, where he was suddenly a minority among women, he says, helped him to balance himself out. Um, so being the, I think the only boy in uh, all in uh, clinical learning clinical psychology. Um, helps me to uh, humanize myself okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and when I finished uh, when I got my degree um, uh, of, of psychology ju- just by the last years I was like thinking on that I, I want to do some sort of like art I was um, and having the, the, the title and started working on the field kind of like give me space to say okay in the side I can do something for myself uh, I want to be uh, so I started going to drawing classes, um, I started t- taking like very esoteric courses about mythology and I was in one course about like um, mythology and um, fairy tales, cool. um, all from the perspective of the Jungian school. Argentina is pretty much into psychoanalysis, so in the place where I was study um, fairy tales and my- mythology. Um, there was also a class on art therapy, which the, the approach was very like uh, plastic about drawing emotions and um, dreams and stuff. Uh, and that got me into and then moved into another program called um, um, Creative Connection, founded by um, the daughter of uh, Carl Rogers, for Natalie Rogers. And in her approach, uh, it's called expressive art therapy, which um, is a um, it's a multilingual kind of like process. You work with uh, what is emerging as a raw emotion, and then with a patient or, or with a group, what you do is you try to find a language that kind of like channel it, can put in, in motion uh, something that is hard to say in words. So probably if the emotion is like too hard and you see that the person is moving his hand, you will like invite him to like keep moving the hands and like amplify that and give more space to like make make that of a, make a dance of that and then you try to like switch it to other languages so if something starts with a the movement then it's very easy to like pass it to movement on a paper and then from the paper can be a drawing and the drawing can be become a story and so you always like search your path towards towards words so i was i i did have uh, three years kind of like post degree on that and when i finish i need to like start like kind of like selling myself to have my own um, practice and to promote um, some groups that I was organizing I made a um, I find that I flash was the best thing so I teach myself flash mm. and that um, led I was to discovering processing and that's where like I got into the, the, the book of Daniel Schiffman and it totally blew my mind maybe it blew my mind that it was like a, 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 a scene uh, doing these kind of things mm-hmm. that, and it, it was working um, with computers in an expressive way and for me it was like oh I'm, I'm helping others to do this and this this seems like a language that is not native to me um, so may, maybe this is my expressive language so I this started doing is when Patricio started getting into creating installations and thanks to an introduction he was able to get his foot in the door with a number of institutions around Buenos Aires that were promoting digital art and supporting artist residencies. So I applied to one, to Interactivos 2010, uh, and there I worked a whole year on an um, interactive table to do like a collective t- touch drawing. So it's like a circular table in 
where you can like draw with others uh, in a very mandala kind of way. Um, and that's how, how it, I got in. And kind of to make that, that interactive piece to work, I realized that I need to learn something that supports more, uh, that has more computational power. So I moved to Open Frameworks. And pretty much there, I, I felt at home. Um, obviously, there is a, it was like a, there was a, a curve to, to learn there. It was when I was at the beginning uh, learning, uh, when, when I was like a user of Linux, it was always my dream to learn C, because I knew that Linux was great in C. In 1999, I, read, I have a magazine of computers, and uh, they were talking about Linux, and I decided that uh, Windows sucks, because it was like, respond to the capitalist model and also all that and I decided to use Linux only uh, so I started my first Red Hat 5.1 at that moment was kind of hard to do so I did it with a friend and and I have been a Linux user for a long time so it, it was this idea but I never had time because I was like studying something totally non-related um, so when I, I learned that it was an open like I was I was very cu curious about uh, this approach to C and C++. And and I was lucky, I presented a second project on Efecto Mariposa that I did in 2011, which was a um, sandbox. In that moment, like the Kinect just appeared. N nobody was doing that, and I, was, and I wanted to do um, something um, kind of like m more natural in the sense of like uh, with less technology. One of the problems that I had with the um, drawing table is that um, it was visible technology, it was like this projection, everything was very glowy. And I was seeing that it was triggering all the anxiety that technology produced on us. So there was like a lot of like, ah, uh, and you know, all that stress. So it's like maybe, and as also as a, as a part of Jung, it's a Jungian technique called the sandbox, which is you come and you uh, kind of like shape these um, uh, landscapes that you dream of and then you populate it with little creatures. So it was like, I'm going to make a sandbox, but interactive. Um, I put a, a Kinect on top and, and a project with a, a screen. Um, I, I present that to a, a Centro Cultural Español. They, they decided to, to found me. To, so so I, started, I, I became a, a resident to keep this project, push this project forward. And then um, Patricio hit a bit of a snag. The CPU on the machine he was using was chugging. There just wasn't enough processing power to handle the project. He had a hunch, though, that shaders might solve the issue. The cultural center offered to either hire someone to fix it for him or else find someone who could teach him how to fix it himself. You can probably guess what he chose. I was saying to them that I have the intuition that it was with shaders that this can be solved because most of the sim kind of simulations, I was simulating a, you know, the geosphere, so like the tectonic plates, the water on it, also the growing pattern. These are growing. Um, I, I made I use a like reaction diffusion algorithm to make the nature kind of like grow naturally. Also, this a simulation of falling water, so it, there's rivers, and also there's in, on, on the top is um, clouds, so you move the the, the hands on top. And if the conditions are right, it's still like raining in a place and the water goes down and that produces life. And if the life is great, a little like flocking particle system appear. And this was, uh, well, technically very sophisticated. And so they said like, um, 
So I decided to choose, obviously, somebody that teach me how to do shaders. Yeah. That's how I got into shaders. This also, was still pretty much the dark ages in terms of freely available shader resources. IQ, Inigo Quiles, hadn't yet burst forth onto the scene with the online shader sharing platform ShaderToy and all of his crazy custom functions. Documentation and code examples were sparse, if available at all. So in a way, Patricio was really quite lucky that he hit the wall that he did with Efecto Mariposa. At that time, you pretty much needed a PhD to access this stuff, and here he was, learning how to hand-roll his own shaders. On a personal note, I'll always advocate learning to do the thing over paying someone to do it for you, especially when it comes to your creative work. It's fun to challenge ourselves and learn new things. It's also, quite often, what lands us in places we didn't expect, especially if you share what you know. After that work, I was kind of happy with it and I got to show it in different places in Brazil in Argentina and through that I kind of like um, uh, break up all the shaders that I, that, that I made for that and made a, a, an add-on which was super welcome on the open frameworks community and thanks to that um, um, I, I met Zach and then and Kyle and I went to New York to visit uh, as a tourist, uh, and I met with Zach, and he was in a... He, he just married uh, Momo, so he was talking about suddenly being a parent and a husband, and I started talking about being a psychologist and w- wanted to like change career, so it was like a very like open and beautiful talk, and he said, like, you should apply to Parsons. You, you, you have good work, and I, I went as a student. They gave me a full tuition, and that's how I moved to the U.S. I was very lucky that I got a, a job after Parsons uh, and a map, uh, digital map com- company mm-hmm. uh, called Mapsen. Uh, I was uh, working close to the flat iron, but I was um, living quite in the south in uh, um, Sunset Park. Uh, and I had to take the R, which is like an incredibly slow um, line. So you have a commute of like one hour, 20, one hour and a half. Um, Luckily, it goes very slow, so I had a lot of time. Uh, go, go very slow, no, yeah, it goes, it's very empty. Um, so I had a lot of time with my laptop to spend, and I sit down there and do iterations on, on cards, and do weird patterns, and like kind of like develop this w- weird like workflow. The whole the Pixel Spirit was all born and developed in um, the subway of New York. Yeah. At the time uh, of this recording, Patricio is in the process of creating an extension pack for the Pixel Spirit deck. He's using the Code Vember challenge to iterate on new patterns and add-ons for the library. If you're not familiar with the Pixel Spirit deck, it's both a fully-fledged tarot deck and a physical shader library. The cards follow an order, and every one of the cards builds on the ones that came before it. Each card features an image rendered in shader code on one side and the code used to create it on the other. It's a great, fun way to hone your intuition about what math makes which type of shape, pattern, etc. People have done a lot of fun things with this deck, from sculptures to tattoos even. If you're curious, check out the Pixel Spirit deck hashtag. Okay, as promised, let's jump back now to the book of shaders. Of course, I had to ask. Are there any plans to complete it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really want to finish the Book of Shaders. Uh, and also, I, I feel this thing of, I, I don't feel great that it's like half-baked. Um, 
but it requires a lot of time and because of the because it's a collaboration it's not just my time so um, yes yeah, is and right now they we're focused on on family yeah, uh, growing humans, making <laughs> making humans from scratch it takes some kind of uh, yeah I I I can see the moment where like um, when I don't have to have like a job job and I will have more time to dedicate to it and I certainly want to do that I you saw the the chapters that are sketch up um, there's one chapter the chapter of fractals it totally that, that's the chapter that freaks me out every time that I start like um, because it's the most um, math heavy and I already have like a way of explaining imaginary numbers and all that and but it's so much work to to make it in the way that I want to explain imaginary numbers and fractals and all all that um, it kind of like paralyzed me before starting because it's like oh this is a lot of work and I need and this will and this in divided in chunks of like one or hour of commute it will take me like months and months and yeah also, I get when I when I very uh, motivated with a project, I get get quite quite obsessed, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes that diminishes my skills as a parent. So it's not just me who will like uh, spend. Uh, with, with, it's not just my energy. It's it's also that uh, uh, my presence at home it, it will be uh, reduced and that, uh, yeah, and and kids are uh, yeah they, they they require presence and time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I, I feel uh, I, f I feel that uh, I prefer to do it well and and okay, especially because then you enter into these legacy issues. Um, people very generously start like translating the book, but now I have this problem that if I change something in the, in, in the version of English, I had to like tell all the like I had to sign some somehow, and it's very hard for me to keep track of if that. <laughs> Phrase was changed in Chinese or Japanese or in other language that I really um, I am too ignorant to know how to like even approach them. One one of the other things that is happening is that the the tools are getting old and there's new technology and the, now it's Web uh, 2.0 instead of like one WebGL 2.0. So every time that I jump into it, there's a it's not just the text; it's a it's a bunch of uh, upgrading that it needs. Yeah, so. Um, Right now, I'm I, I'm very thankful to all the people that is donate money. Most of the money goes to pay the servers, um, and the, I uh, recently uh, I, Google is pushing more for uh, HTTPS, and so I had to pay somebody that like fix all that because I didn't have like the time and energy and the knowledge. So. Um, so that's that. <laughs> Admittedly, there are a lot of factors to account for. Patricio and Jen also welcomed their second child this past year, so the book is understandably on hold for now. In the meantime, we'll contend ourselves with the Pixel Spirit extension pack that's on the way. Interestingly, long before the Book of Shaders even existed, it was actually while playing with his young son that Patricio had a flash about sign distance fields this moment turned out to be a catalyst of sorts for he and Jen to finalize the idea for the Book of Shaders. I was, I was playing with Doe of my kid and it was like, oh, this is like just like SDFs. And, and then it comes with the, like these basic shapes. And I was like, this could be how, how you can like sell. 
And, and I tried this a couple of times. I was like teaching in ITP and in SFPC and in both classes I, I took, uh, I took dough, um, clay. I bring clay to class to explain sign distance field. Um, and it didn't work completely at all. Like uh, it was, it was, in my mind, it's very clear the relationship and like how you combine SDFs and all that. But it's, it wasn't like, uh, it, was, it wasn't clicking for people. So I was explaining the same thing of like, um, imagining SDF as, as high maps. So I was like asking everybody to like imagine a shape and in clay doing a, a, doing a kind of like that, that shape like a, as a high map. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is going to be the, this is going to be, this is going to blow everybody's minds. And, and okay, cut, cut the top and you have like a, like the shape of it. And then like you go down and you have the opposite. So now it's like constructing like 2D images of like subtracting one another. So I was super excited, but I was seeing that I was, you know, when you're in class, there's sometimes that um, you bring a metaphor and immediately, immediately makes everybody like keep going with you. And there's another moment that you see that everybody's like, I see that you're very excited by something, but this is not clear. So I started working kind of in, in, the, in, in the original idea of the uh, Book of Transformations. Uh, that was the original name of the Book of Shaders. And my wife was like, that's, that's too obtuse. It makes sense in your head. I understand that you like mystic things, but you should name him like something like more representative of what it is. So, um, so, and and it was kind of related to this idea of also to the Book of Shadows, which is this mystic arts. So it was like, okay, Book of Shaders will be, um, and with Pixel Spirit, um, I have the same idea of like having a. What I was kind of like clear that I want to make a progression. So I started like doing this kind of like progression with SDFs, and um, it wasn't clear the sh the shape that it will take, uh, but then. Um, I found a website, a Chinese website, that um, print cards, and they, it's very hard to find places that print the back of the cards differently. They, they usually, it's like a, a same pattern for all the backs, and you can put whatever you want in the front. And I started like, messaging with them, and I have a past, uh, I, as a part of my Jungian training, uh, I, I, I was into uh, astrono astrology and tarot, and. And I was like, I'm going to make a tarot there. I, 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 I like tarot. Uh, uh, so um, I start like uh, shaving and then I get obsessed with this idea that it, also, it has to be represented all the arcanas. And then I, I struggle with like keeping the kind of the progression, the educational progression on. And in the process also, I realized that I can put code with functions and eventually can be a library. And I will be, I was like, slightly seducted by this idea of like all my code is open source and like I don't know I don't know what happens with it when when I put it a, a git repository it will be excellent to have something that is open source in a way and but you still get paid uh, so it was kind of like this idea of like people will be buying the code technically we will be buying the thing but I was kind of like playing with this idea in my mind. Patricio and I had spoken a few months before about how when you put together the parts of your interests that feel separate that that's part of becoming authentic. Patricio seems to do this over and over throughout his work 
He's also created and open-sourced a host of tools for himself, like the GLSL Viewer, a console-based OpenGL sandbox. As we wrapped up our time together, I wanted to ask Patricio about style, process, and the importance of creating your own tools. Oh, yes. I think... um I think it's very hard for an artist to be happy with his own work, uh, and I think that's okay. Uh, I think um, I think the kind of like the eternal question for any artist is like, I, I am an artist. My work is worth it as being an artist, and I think without that question, um, you things can like crumble unless you are Picasso, which he I, I he seem he he seems to have the ego of like being very like confident, but he just that didn't like play in his favor. Um, the, um, I think making that question and being a little uncertain about your work is, uh, is actually what it keeps, it keeps the movement alive uh, and it keeps like, you, you keep wanting to be better of what you are and you want to be more true to yourself and like, you're like, uh, allows you to be checking constantly on what you are doing. I have the, the kind of like the privilege to work with engineers that are in a moment of their lives that they're very open and they, yeah. Generalizations are bad in general, but I, I think they, uh, they, there's a lot of respect for design, and I, and I think that is coming up more, and also for art, the, especially in specific niche like uh, the game industry or VR, or um, where, where obviously art sells and like having, having developing an eye, um, it really makes a difference, and and there's all this. I'm working with art between artists and engineers. It's this privileged space of like, an engineer will grab, make a perfect PVR model, totally photorealistic, to the atom where things get rendered super precisely. The illumination is gorgeous, but then, if you see what what is in the industry, it's totally like stylized. It's not realistic, and there's all these like things that artists know. So the artists know that like shadows are not black. And it's not like a multiplication to it's, they're like full of light and actually if you put like warm colors in, sh- in shadows um, you, you get like uh, more punch in your images so there is this other kind of like more analog knowledge that when you put one one result to another one uh, it kind of like becomes obvious that that you there's the knowledge but you also need a practice on, on the eye that comes from contemplation from practice uh, now that I have a kid, I have less time to waste, um, and also I have like more clear limitations on time and, and uh, on what I can do, even like what I can put in my house. Um, so I'm more comfort, comfortable with uh, with not being like with. I'm more comfortable with doing what I can do. Uh, so I, I get a little less frustrated, a little. There's there's days that I'm like. A long conversation with my wife was like, I'm going to quit everything. We're going to move to nowhere. We're going to like uh, eat berries from the trees, and I'm going to do art. <laughs> uh, so, so, so that that with that. Um, so my my framework is is kind of like the tools that I was talk, talking yesterday, and I try to develop tools that are flexible, that keep me iterating, and I can like. Fast, uh, I guess, uh, if, uh, jump into something that I can like get excited as fast as um, as much as as fast as possible. Um, I, I I see people like sometimes uh, 
get stuck in having something perfect or and something, to have something perfect it takes a lot of previous time of cooking it's like prepping for a kitchen um, and and I really admire that and actually I think well also having a kids kind of like gives you the 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 the, the view of the, the long game those that you eventually with time you, you start like having your your own pre prepped stuff and your own tools and that gives you so that becomes part of your process and um, but then you you learn that you are you're you're the resonant box of this equation right you, you so your own motivation is equally important if you, if you don't like are motivated or like uh, enjoying what you're doing it's very easy to make something that looks and, and it's kind of like uh, bores you or burns you uh, so I, I try to do something that like excite me. Um, if, if making tools is your cup of tea, yeah. you can learn a lot about making tools. Uh, you, you learn a, a, a lot about tools and the, the what is and the science behind them, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating and, and I like it. But um, I feel I feel that at the beginning when you start something, uh, the the fastest you can feel kind of the canvas, you know, you know the this thing about the white canvas mm-hmm. and the and the paralyzing. So you can fear of the blank page. Exactly. So the so so the one of the best ways is like cover everything up, right? You you cover you get rid of that moment and you start putting color there. So whatever gets you moving is the best way. So if you are using the tools of somebody else, go for it. Like that's I think that's the, the that's that, that will get you moving and that will um, it's not like having uh, feedback what, what you're doing. And then there's always time for like becoming more obsessed with your tools and like, I think that is more like an after, uh, I think that's more like a, a consequences of like getting frustrated with somebody else's tools. Um, and sometimes never happens. There's a lot of people that is very happy with Photoshop. I don't know. Um, not that Photoshop is, is bad, but, um, it's just to name a tool that we all kind of had to like learn, right? Uh, and then you're like, oh, maybe I want to use images and I want to apply the same things that I do in Photoshop, but with images, how I do that? And, and then you're still like thinking on your own process, but that's, that's after you already have like some relationship with what you're doing or what you want to do and have some experience of like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, making frame by frame, coloring adjustment to every frame seems like a pain. It should be a better way. So, um, yeah. Just as we were rounding off our discussion, I happened to ask Patricio about Raspberry Pis. Uh, I love the Raspberry Pi because it's a whole Linux distribution. So, um, you, do you use Mac? Yeah. So, the, the, the terminal, once you make makes the terminal your, your friend, I think you gain so much because yeah, you gain a lot of autonomy in a lot of sense. Linux is based is based on is the free is the is the free Unix right and the Unix uh, system is developed is, is so old is things from the 60s um, and the architecture behind it is brilliant and the, the, that's the reason that it's still used today and it's in every phone. Um, the architecture be, behind it is such a brilliant piece of engineering the, and also it teaches you so well about like how to make your own tools and pipeline so the whole concept is like don't, don't have one program that has 100 features make one program that does one thing okay and is able to communicate with others 
So the whole principle behind it is that your computer become, be, be, becomes your IDE. So you, 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 you don't have a computer that has programs. You have computers that have commands, and that commands get ex extended the more programs you made. So each program is more like a command. So it, it changed your conception of like computation, and also if you connect two computers and like Linux, uh, knowing more about a, a little more about uh, <coughs> Linux and, and, and Unix um, allows you to think more um, distributedly. Okay, so I can like have a process that enters to this machine and like triggers this process. So if you want to do like server side, client side, distributed. Uh, yeah, smart homes and like mm -hmm. there's so many beautiful things and like the beauty of Raspberry Pis is that it's so cheap that you can have like an army of them and then I, I do silly projects of like grabbing uh, buying um, broken cameras on like uh, antique shops and putting putting cameras inside and like I'm making like um, applications and like have like an Instagram camera that runs in like you know you can do like crazy things and and it's totally like Super like under budget, yeah, and inaccessible. Accessible, yeah. Thank you. My English is going. So yeah, that's why I love them. And also, it keeps you as a programmer. Uh, it, keep, it keeps you sharp with the with the code um, because they are also very um, the hardware is is, is the well they 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 are five dollars computers. So they're doing great work. Uh, kind of like. Um, Helping kids to to learn. Yeah. I my school used to have like a I, I used to code with a logo in my school. Um, this was a this, yes, yeah. <laughs> and and I remember the year that they switched suddenly. Computer classes were no more programming on logo. It was um, learning how to use the word processor. Growing up in Canada in the 90s, I actually had the exact same experience. One year of logo and suddenly in the second grade, I was instead learning how to type without looking at the keyboard. Do you, want, do you wonder what happens there? Microsoft. Well, at least in Argentina, it was a political move. Uh, they said that the future of computers will be uh, uh, know how to type uh, a word processor. So schools and education like uh, decide to... like. Uh, they, they, they were sell that the future will be office and and they were like justifying like your kid will get a job because will he will use Microsoft Office and Word and will use Word and Excel and is and it's so lame it's such a lame thing and I think they like uh, push back the evolution of for so much it, I I think the, the the Raspberry Pi really got the spirit of the beginnings of where where like the computer is a tool. Um, I I have this complicated relationship with Apple. I think Apple, in a way, does the same thing. They, they want us to be more users, and that's how it's so hard to like um, misuse those computers. Uh, and and every and, and we're getting they dictate what we can do and not do in their computers. But the Raspberry Pi, I think, is a, they're giving a good fight of like, this is a computer and a computer is a tool and a, and a tool that can do anything that you want to. And there are all these like wonderful projects for kids of, and for grown-ups. And they're like explaining us that um, they are tools and, and, and they are proposing a different place very clearly through hardware, which is not the typical user place.
which is um, it's very it's so passive. But having this kind of like movements that uh, put put you in the front seat and give you like a tool in the hand, I think it's great. So yeah, I support I, I support every like uh, Kickstarter related thing that I can do that. So that wraps up my conversation with Patricio, to whom I extend many thanks once again. Sometimes I sit down with friends who do fun, creative, digital things generally, and I record the interesting things they have to say. If you're into it, keep your eyes and ears peeled for more. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>